Welcome to the official Brandon Ritchie Substack Podcast episode. Today's date is November the 3rd, 2022. And remember, if you're tuning into this show for the first time, uh, this show, this podcast serves as a map for helping you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And how do we do that? And the goal of this show, guys, I want you to understand that... Um, <clears throat> You probably heard me use the term uh, human agency, personal agency. And basically that means that you have the ability to act and to influence uh, your environment, to influence your world, and to impact your environment. And you can do this by you know, navigating the waters of life and the choices you make, the, the business choices you make, the career choices you make, the uh, choices you make in your personal life. These are all parts of how you can impact not only your own life, but those around you. And that's the whole point of this podcast. It's about making you an optimal, it's not just a self-help in the sense that it makes you an optimal individual, but by extension, it makes the environment around you more optimal. You impact others. And this is what this means by personal human agency. And guys, I want you to understand that um, when, when we do this, I want to I present, I have guests on, and I present a perspective from people that have life experience. And there is a multitude of experiences out there, as you guys know. And uh, so what I want to do is, is, is have people on that can offer insight and they can, they can give you their perspective and their life history and their life experience so that you can take something from that and apply it to your own. Or maybe it's even a nugget of, uh, of, of somewhat of, I call it missing or filling gaps. If I have gaps, and, and what that means is I may have strong areas in my life, things that I'm very good at, but I also know that I have weak areas. And, and, and it's from other people's experience People that I know that have been out there and invested time and, and energy and they're using their agency to navigate life, maybe they have, they're, they, they're stronger in an area where I'm weaker. And so therefore they can fill that gap. And my goal is to do the same here for you. I want to fill that gap for you. So with that being said, today's guest that I have is a really good friend of mine. I've known this gentleman, I think, since circa 2000, and I'm going to guess here 2008, around about, and it's been a while. Met him in a coffee shop. We both love coffee, uh, and, and I don't know if talk about that enough, but uh, so there's another little insight if you guys are interested in that. But nonetheless, this is my friend Matt Dial, and Matt here is is the... Is, is an entrepreneur, and I'm going to tell you, he's, he's a tremendous marketer, and he's a tremendous promoter, uh, and he's a businessman. But Matt has had an extensive background, and he has an extensive experience on not only, not only navigating life, but, but, but with business. And, and not only that, but even bigger than that, man, a, a form of manufacturing of his own that, with a company that he's just started and I want Matt to kind of come on and tell you guys what it is he does. And Matt, man, welcome to the show, brother. How's it going? Man, if I were any better, I'd be you, Brandon. <laughs> man, what 
how's uh so uh you just moved down to florida and uh boy that's got to be a, an awesome environment how is that you know i'm gonna tell you what it was a leap of faith we uh my wife and i um kind of discovered this little town called dunedin florida actually we uh, we made the decision halloween a year ago we discovered this little town and it's just a fabulous little hidden gem here on the gulf coast of florida on the west side of tampa and we took a leap of faith. Um, we we bought a house down here, sold the one we had in Atlanta, and just went for it. And, you know, there, there are a lot of advantages to Florida tax-wise and some other things for entrepreneurs and things. But, you know, it was about having the life we wanted to have. And can I tell you, sitting here just under a year later uh, from the actual move, best thing I've ever done. That's yeah, yeah, I can tell. I can tell. And let me tell you, um, so the only other thing about that, I mean, it kind of makes you sweat sometimes when you hear the word hurricane. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, no, 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 nothing's perfect. So sometimes you gotta, you gotta deal with a little problem, problem in, in paradise, you know? Exactly. And, uh, you do have to be smart, you do have to be prepared, no doubt about it. Exactly, exactly. Well, Matt, why don't you, uh, so you and I have had an extensive back, now, was I correct on that date? Was it 2008 or 2010? I was thinking it was 08. It was somewhere, uh, probably somewhere in 20, uh, 2009, probably, if I found, you know, man, it's been so long, it's like you, you've been always been in my life. So, you yeah. know, you know, so it's it's kind of hard to tell, but right around there, but it's been a long time. I mean, we've been through lots of uh, lots of adventures together. We have, I tell you, I've learned a lot from you. I got to tell the audience, I've learned a lot from this guy over the years. He's very dynamic, so uh, I, that's why I was excited to have him on today, guys. And when you're listening to this guy, this guy really has some insight on business and life. So, um, Matt, why don't you kind of elaborate a little bit on some of your background and and what you sure. do for your business, and kind of give the audience a little bit of insight on that to help them maybe apply some of the, some of your experience and sure. uh, to their own lives here. All right. Well, to kind of give you a, um, some perspective, I am uh, 52 years young. I've done a lot of things the hard way uh, to end up where I'm at here today. But my, my career background was in uh, sales management uh, in the um, Stafta, which is tool and fastener industry. I was in that for 17 years and Worked for a lot of other uh, other great people and learned a lot of good things about how to manage people, how to uh, manage business, how to uh, run a business for somebody else. Um, after that, I got into a couple of um, retail and online uh, ventures. Uh, started a magazine in for Swanee, Georgia. Uh, was a co-founder of the uh, second, or I'm sorry, let me correct that, the tenth largest beer festival in the nation, uh, which I no longer own anymore. Um, but through my, my, uh, my path, I, uh, I ended up working for a company called Nature's Innovation, a guy that you and I both know, Brandon, um, mm -hmm. Bill. And um, that led me to the world of digital marketing and online sales and e-commerce and manufacturing. And it really just struck a chord with me. It was kind of like my sweet spot. Yeah. And um, so... Through that, I kind of got deep into the world of Google, deep into the world of Amazon, e-commerce, developing products, um, and was essentially the uh, the COO of that company for a number of years. And I still have a working relationship with Nature's Innovation Yeah. through the company that I started, which is called Tame Savage Digital. So I coordinate all of the marketing uh, for this company. 
which is one of the largest in the natural product space. And most recently, about a year and a half ago, under uh, my company, we formed, my wife and I actually formed another company called Tamed Organics. And we manufacture here in the United States, here in, in the great state of Florida, um, a line of products that cure uh, different things from Renauds to Trigger Finger to uh, Duper Trends. And we have a few more products coming. And, you know, I applied my digital background to that, uh, marketing background to that. And um, we've been uh, very successful by, by a lot of hard work. Uh, under uh, Tame Savage Digital, I also take on the occasional entrepreneur that's trying to grow their business. I really take them on a, on a case-by-case basis, a one-on-one basis, and we'll work with them to help grow their digital business. But I want to make sure that they have the understanding of what it really takes to do that business and the commitment to do it. So I'm very selective in how I do that. That's phenomenal. And I think, uh, I'll tell you, Matt, we've talked about this, and I want to address this with the audience because we talked about, we were talking off audio about the personal human agency, right? And, mm-hmm. and being able to act on something. It's one thing to talk about uh ideas and 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 to have a dream and to talk about it but you have to act on it and act and 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 basically uh, acu- uh basically execute the action steps towards that goal towards that end goal and For sure and what can you elaborate a little bit on some of the with with your experience in doing that in your journey sure the the stumbling and the tripping and falling and <laughs> and getting back up along that journey in your own words. Can you kind of just uh, sure. explain hey, some look, of that? I, I, I'm very open with people. I tell everybody all the time, I said, I got where I'm at today um, by making a lot of mistakes. But before I get too deep into that, let, let me make a very pointed statement here that I really want everybody to walk away with. It really is kind of as simple as this, folks. You can either do it or not do it. So if there's something you want to do or if you want got a goal you want to get to, you've got to start making that first step. For some of us, it'll take longer because of lack of resources or whatever. But if you really want it, you've got to take that first step and start moving towards it. You've also got to be willing to pivot because you're going to find out when you go down your journey that there are unexpected things. That pivot may mean, hey, it's going to take me a little longer or I may need to go a little bit different direction, but you've got to stay with it. The difference between those that are successful and those who are not, it's not money. Yes, that helps. It is the ability to make the steps. So in my journey, there was a point in my career back when the economy crashed in the 2000s where I had to make a, a decision on what I was going to do. And so I took a leap of faith and uh, I started a, a digital company back when uh, the big way to do that was to sell stuff on eBay and other things like that. This is really before Amazon was what it is today or, or we had all these platforms like Shopify and things like that. So I started an online motorcycle supply company and it ended up into a retail business. And um, we actually achieved sales of about $140,000 a month in the course wow. of about two to three months. Wow. We were doing really, really well. Well, Today, I think if I had had that business going, I probably would have a multi-million dollar business. But what happened to us was as the economy really turned and we took that really big dip before um, Obama became president and the stock market crashed, um, all my financing got pulled. 
Mm. You know, American Express pulled their business lines of credits. The uh, the vendors all tightened up to the point it choked us out of business. And wow. one of the mistakes I made at that point was not pivoting fast enough. I should have pivoted faster. I tried to hold on to my employees. I tried to be a good guy. But you do have to realize and recognize what's going on in the market. And, and it was a painful but very valuable lesson. And, you know, I went, went, went forward with it and learned. Um, Another lesson I've learned along the way as we've got into the digital marketing thing is it's very easy, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're busy and you're trying to do wear 10 hats, it's very easy to try and contract pieces of your business out to experts that supposedly know more than what you do. That can work for people at times, but you really have to understand who you're talking to. I'm going to give you a really common example in the digital marketing space, um, which is anything you're selling online is there are a tremendous amount of agencies that will come out there and tell you, hey, we can get you ranking on Google. We can do a great job for marketing you on Facebook. We'll double your sales. And we only want you know $2,500 a month to do it plus 1% of your sales. Well, if they can go double your business for a lot of businesses, that's successful. What they don't know is large, a lot of these large agencies really only want the big clients. Now, they'll take you on if you're a small guy, but they put you in what's called autopilot. It's a very systematic little run of uh, kind of cookie cutter processes that will probably make you a little bit more money, but they're not really paying attention to you. You, using, they don't, you don't get the personal, you don't get the personal attention that the big boys you do, do not, right? You do not. And if you look at the back end training on how to grow an agency, and I have seen this training from some very large companies, they basically tell you to use this revenue to go get the bigger guys. Right. So it's just a money-making ploy to go get the bigger guys. And and so a lot of companies get pushed down. So it's an important lesson along the way to make sure you understand who you're dealing with and you're very clear on what your expectations are. And, you know, it, it, again, it's, it's trial and tribulation and you, you go through it and you figure it out. And that's a... That is a very sobering point, and I'm sure that's something that a lot of people that if they were sitting here listening to this, considering getting into digital marketing, you probably just slammed the brakes on what they were thinking about if they were thinking about hiring somebody. But it that is, is, is also very important, and I think you and I were also talking yesterday about the, um, you know, how you built your business around your, your brand. Correct. And so that way you're not captured or beholden by something else or someone else or another entity. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Because I think that's something else they need to hear off the dovetail of what you just talked about sure. in terms of hiring an agency. Absolutely. So first thing to talk about in that is when you start talking about very large companies, whether it's eBay or Amazon or big brands like Procter & Gamble and people like that, it, it is true. They have an advantage over the small business guy. So the small business guy does have to think about, okay, if I don't want to lose control of my brand or my product and I want to compete on an even playing field with these guys, but I certainly don't have the budget they do, you know, what do you do? Well, the first thing you have to do is have patience, okay? Because if you're going to go out and you're just going to spend a ton of money to try and be right up there and look just like them, you're probably not going to make it. You're going to be spending a lot of money good after bad. What you need to focus on is what I would call a nice little three-step 
process. Step one is understand that the most important thing you can do with whatever product you're, you're making is make a very good quality one. It's one thing America, we, we can do in America that maybe, uh, you know, we, we, people are concerned about competing with China or India or other countries. You know, there's a price point for everything. So maybe you can't make the cheapest product in your category, but maybe you can make the best one. Right. Okay. So make the best one. Okay. So develop that product for what it's going to be, market it for what it is, but own your brand. So you create your own website, you market it, you control the conversation, you decide um, everything there is about your brand, and you keep control of that before you ever go and try and sell it on Walmart or Amazon, which ultimately most people end up on. You right, to, people, right. That people. that's the third party seller is is a tricky. That's another tricky area, and so yes. I, I want to kind of touch on this while Matt Matt is pointing out something uh, to you guys that uh, look, um, this is a a really important point. Sure. All he's telling you is uh, if whatever product or service uh, that you have, even if it can go to a third party seller. Uh, make sure you make it strong and direct w- under your own umbrella, under your own brand. So, you know, beef up your website, your brand, get your name out there, and then you can always use the third parties as a secondary factor. I guess that's kind of what you're pointing at, right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. So, you know, before we ever put any of the tamed organic products on, on um, Walmart or Amazon, uh, the first thing we did is we got ourselves up really high and strong on our own website. We spent our own time and resources and our own social media efforts and, and, and got our products really well recognized. We went, we spent our time and energy getting, getting approved by associations that supported the products that we worked, we worked on. And so now we have a good email list. We have a good idea what our customers look like. We, we, we understand who we're talking to and how to talk to them. So before we went to Amazon, we actually went to the next next biggest player, which was Walmart, to kind of test the waters and see what that would do to our business, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Walmart's not as sophisticated as Amazon, but but we were able to get some additional sales. Um, we run them through our website, actually, and we kind of got a feel for what, what we needed to do to play in that area. Obviously, because some of my other connections, I have a lot of experience with marketing on Amazon and, and selling through Amazon. Amazon's a behemoth. Uh, the unfortunate side of the world today is is to really move your products forward and really get where you need to go. In most cases, Amazon is something you need to really consider. The downside to Amazon is they're very complex. They will pull your products down for unreasonable reasons. They're hard to communicate with. And if you build your entire business around that, you're, you're in trouble. We had one of our products go down for two weeks. But we were also advertising the same products Um on Google and try and drive that traffic to our website. Well, we didn't regain all of the momentum we had on Amazon on our website, but we were able to maintain about 50% or 60% of it. So we didn't lose control of our business. You don't ever want to sell your soul completely to any third party company because you lose control of your business. And I think I've seen, I've seen more than one time where brands are doing 50, a hundred thousand dollars a month in a product. And for, reasons that don't really make sense and are completely out of your control, those products get taken down on one of these sites and they won't put them back up or it may take months to get them back up. And again, it's a communication issue. It's a little bit of unreasonableness, but it is their business model. So that will put the average small business out of business. 
Again, control your brand. And Matt, I think what you're touching, that is a powerful and very sobering, you know, perspective and, and a reality, in fact. And I think this is why you could take this and expand this out to our country society at large right now with a lot of our manufacturing being offshore. It's the same sure. situation. We're beholden to an outside source. And I think that's really why you're, what you're doing you're a manufacturer. You're bringing manufacturing back on shore. And I think, can you, can you kind of touch on that? I mean, that's a powerful aspect in terms of economic growth, opportunity, wealth. Um, sure. how, how difficult was it to kind of get that, that side of it started, the supply side of that? How difficult was that to do? Is it, is it as demanding as the marketing side? You know, it 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 it, um, it does matter who your your vendors are and 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 what your relationship with is is with them. Um, honestly, in our case, it, it was because I was in the industry a little bit. I was able to find vendors a little bit easier, maybe than some people. But um, you still, we still had to develop our products. I mean, that was probably the big thing. And you know, having good reference people to work with and talk to to make sure we were doing it the right way. Some trial and error. That was a lot of it, but. I think, Brandon, the, 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 when you start talking about international competition, I think the issue is this. Um, I'm going to go back to years ago when I was in the tool fastener industry. It was very easy to fall victim to buying overseas that, rather than supporting a, a U.S. manufacturer. The cost difference between a very, uh, very similar product could be as much as 50%. Right. And in a competitive market as a business, it's hard to say no to that. It is. So that goes back to my conversation. You know, what we did give up in those situations was a little bit of quality. Quality was good, but it wasn't really as good as what the U.S. manufacturer was making, right? Right. So when I talk to people about entrepreneurship in the United States in, ter- in terms of manufacturing, I-, I really push the quality side of things. The one thing we can do in the United States really, really well is quality. Right. You know, get 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 the formulas right. Get your product right. Pay attention to the details. And it, it's a harder sell sometimes when you're selling a more expensive product or a higher quality product in the short term. Right. The interesting thing about that is, over time, your marketing expense actually t- tends to come down because you now get what all marketing is really designed for. Right. It's designed to kickstart word of mouth marketing. And so if you're if you Get people to try your product, and it is truly the quality that they're expecting or better. Mm-hmm. And people like to talk about wins. So what happens is, is over time, you're, that marketing dollar you're spending gets you a lot further down the road. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think, too, uh, to your point, you know, we can, we can ramp quality, but we also we can secure the most obvious thing, and that's a supply chain. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, sure. you know, I mean, without supply, if you have a, a conflict overseas, like we're seeing bubble up now, it's uh, it becomes a real problem. And now you're yeah, now you're sh- cutting your nose off to spite your face. Even, well, to, you know. to your point, I'll tell you exactly what we did. Um, we, we do buy because of the nature of our our business. Some of our some of the oils and, 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 and things that go into our the natural products that go into our, our products. Do come from other countries, but we buy them all domestically through domestic suppliers. Right, and we do that because they have diversification and where they can source things, and it keeps a consistent supply. 
I probably pay five to ten percent more for those products than I might if I went overseas. But again, the consistency and supporting an American-owned business is, is important to me. We we we're we're proud to be say, to say that we're made in America. We actually think that carries some value in the U.S. market. Absolutely. You know, that, I mean, and and you know if there's a lot of us that are all these days talking about we want to be more American, we want we want to support America, we want to take care of America first. Well, you really they need to think about who you're doing business with. Right. You know, you need to think about are you are your actions supporting your own feelings? Because here's the truth, and this is no dig on anybody. It is very easy to get sucked into, hey, this thing costs less. It came from China, it costs less. So I'm going to buy it because it's going to be just as good as that one. I'm going to pay $5 more that's American made. Well, that's true. Probably is. But you didn't walk your own walk, your, your own talk, right? Right. And, and we all do it. We all do it. And well, and, and I'll, I'll point out, too, it, it, the reality of it, it is because of the, the um, interconnectivity of the global market and the complexity of the supply chain and how intertwined sure. we are. This is not an overnight fix. There's a lot of moving parts to this, but but I bl- I'm a big believer in uh, trend setting. And I think as we as society as we start to set the trend and 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 chant the mantra for that importance of that that onshore manufacturing and being able to take care, I believe on the political landscape, the cultural landscape, you start to see shifts happen over time. And I think that's the direction we're heading in now, just for the simple fact of it's survival. It's just real simple. Sure. You know, well, let me let me put a uh, let me put a bug in uh, your listeners' ears. So, you know, technology is changing the world, right? Yeah. We already oh, yeah. know that. We've seen that. If you go into any any mall in the United States, you can see they're closing left and right. Retail's changing. Everything's shifting more and more to online, right? But the the uh, the future actually is more experiential um, shopping, meaning we've probably all seen these outdoor shopping areas where they have the movie theater, there's a there's an outdoor green area, maybe they have a couple restaurants and small boutique shops and things like that. People are looking for more experiences. And what we're gonna what the trend is going to be is you're gonna see people buying smaller homes, smaller yards, and they're gonna have more free time. So the question becomes two things. What do you do with that free time? Do you go out and create more revenue for yourself and do something that you can manufacture in the United States or market in the United States? That's one question. Second thing is, it, on, on, the, on the, the buying side of things, the expectation is people are going to start looking for more unique things and more handcrafted things. So for somebody to say, okay, well, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, you were able to start a manufacturing business and that you knew something about making natural products. That's great, but I don't know anything about that. Well, okay. Can you construct something? Yeah. Can you can you make something? Is there a craft? Because your marketplace is actually growing. And you don't have to be the best marketer. You just have to start. There's Etsy. There's there's eBay. There's all kinds of ways to sell online if you don't want to do a, a full-on website or anything or sell on Amazon. There's craft fairs. There's a lot of ways to make money and to do small U.S. manufacturing, large U.S. manufacturing, but the demand is also there. It is. It is. And, and that's it's growing. A, that's a fantastic message, and I think that's um, – I've heard you use the, the phrase in this a few times where you took 
a, quote, leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that leap of faith, I've often coined the term, and you've heard me probably use this before, the term maverick. Yeah. And that's what it takes to be a maverick. And I talk about this all the time. And a yeah. maverick is somebody that's not beholden to some, they're, they will walk their own path and blaze their own trail, right? They're, sure. And so that, that takes a leap of faith. Being a maverick takes that. And I think that's what you're doing here. And I, I mean, I know it is, but the, you know, I think a lot of the, the misconceptions in, in our modern society, a lot of CEOs for a lot of these big corporations People don't generally think this in depth about it, but here's the problem with with a lot of our society. A lot of these CEOs that run these big companies nowadays, they're and I'm talking big companies, you know, the the Coca-Colas, the Nikes, sure. the you, you name them, right? They're not mavericks. These guys were elected by a board of trustees and they did not build those companies. Sure. These are politicians. And well, yeah, they're, they're, they're politicians or, or, or stockholder beholding leaders. And look, um, I'm not going to, I don't want to paint the wrong picture here. You know, we own a few stocks. Okay. But when a company becomes a publicly traded company and the, the leaders of these companies, they have to change their focus. I'll give you a great example. One of the companies everybody's familiar with is Facebook. Look, Facebook was going along just fine and they became a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm thing that changed there was their mentality. Their mentality was no longer to serve up the best product. We all know that Facebook changed and became very more ad-driven and you, you, you didn't see as much of what your friends were doing and things like that, right? Okay, right. fair enough. Well, when you become a publicly traded company, your driver changes. It's not from quality and building the business. It is giving that stockholder a return that quarter. Yeah, it's so purely you numbers. Very, you, you know, there may be elements in your business where you're looking long term, but your your thinking goes very short term rather than long term. And you know, one of the other things that I've uh, I'm I'm a real big uh, I, I guess I would say I'm not happy about the change is back in the '70s. Uh, a lot of people don't remember this because we're all getting a little bit older. Uh, back in the '70s, insurance companies in the United States were not publicly traded companies; they were all not for profits. For the most part, well, in a not and for those of you, of you that don't know, a not for profit, not for profit company is allowed to make money and pay uh, great salaries and to give a great return to the owner and all these things. But when the laws changed and they were able to become publicly traded, now you also had to pay the stockholders. Hmm. And while it allowed the companies to grow over time, the one thing that drives all business is greed. Greed is getting involved in it, and that's why we were seeing extraordinarily high insurance rates today healthcare rates today it's it's part of the puzzle is it's it's all for profit and when you look at all these things it's 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 not really a positive thing and these were all things were influenced by who politicians and you know the, the high-end business guys right right and i think i think a lot of this and that's a that's a that's a wonderful point i think a lot of this too kind of goes towards the um the bigger these companies get they get public or they get uh, subsidies from the state. There's a centralization of control, wealth, and sure. power there, and I think that's what's really gotten out of hand across the board. There's too much centralization, and and that's why that's why I wanted to have you on because the whole point of this podcast is I wanted people to understand. Look, if you have an idea, if you have the ability, you're considering 
uh, starting your own business, your own company, your own manufacturing company. Sure. Um, step out, be a maverick, and do it. Because when you do that, the more of that that happens, we have more of a decentralized, a more pure wealth-driven supply-side economy, and we can have a healthier nation. <laughs> so it's not just about ind- individual uh, health. I think it, it, it grows the health of community and in, in the country at large. And, and it's also more, it secures us. It, sure. sec- it secures us, you know. Yeah, you know, Brandon, you, you've, uh, you referred to me and, and others as Mavericks. And, uh, and uh, you know, I appreciate that. It's, a, it's an honor to be called that. But, you know, let me tell you what being a Maverick looks like. It's a hell of a lot of hard work, man. <laughs> you, you are sometimes you're scared to death and you don't know if you're going to make it. Sometimes you don't know what, you know, you get, you get surprised by things, but you know, so, you know, there's always the idealistic view of things. And I do want people to understand something. If you're going to, again, the first thing I told everybody is there's, there's, there's one significant difference between somebody that's going to be successful in doing something like this and somebody that's not. It's real simple. You got to go do it. It doesn't mean you're going to get it all right. You, you got to operate in the chaos for a little while. Oh, yeah. You got to go figure it out. And you got to be willing to get up every day and go, okay, I got to go deal with this thing today and get it done. Yeah. And, and if you're willing to do that and you're willing to learn and you're, this is important. This is really important. You, you're, we're willing to admit when you're wrong. You got to put your ego over here. If you think a maverick needs an ego, you are so wrong. Maverick needs to be listening to the smartest people in the room, verifying that they're the smartest people in the right, room, right. and be willing to do the things that nobody else is willing to do. So this crap that people put out there about, you know, everybody in the world's got more money than I do, and they're the only ones that are going to be successful. I love my mother to death. My, my, my mother would be a terrible entrepreneur. She just <laughs> thinks it's for other people. Well, it, it for her, in her case, it is because she can't see that if you take control of it yourself, that you can do it. And she doesn't want to put in that kind of effort. My mother's a wonderful woman, but that is not her strong suit. That's not what she wants to do. And that's okay. Yeah. But if you want to be a maverick and you want to make a change, the only thing stopping you is you. And I don't care how much money you have or don't have, because I've been flat broke yeah. more than once. Yeah. Okay. And I have scrapped myself up and now I live on the coast of Florida. I have a nice home. I got a beautiful wife. I live in a great area. I got great friends. I'm not the richest guy you've ever met, but I'm not the brokest guy you've ever met either. And it's all because I get up every day into my office that was built out of garage sale furniture. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm because I don't need the fancy executive desk and all the pats on the back and the fancy all, all this. I get up and go to work every day. Yeah. If you and- want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be successful, quit talking about what everybody else is doing, how they're much better than you and get your ass up and go make it happen. I mean, it's that simple. And, and, and yes, you're going to run into lots of obstacles. Yes. You're going to get knocked down. Yes. There are going to be some false starts, but you got to get back up that next day and keep going. If you've got a good idea and you really want to bring it to market and you really want to own your own life, I guarantee you can do it. But the only person stopping you is you. That's a big message. I like that. And that, that falls right in line with the personal human agency. And, and I'll tell you this, I'll add this too about the, about the journey of a maverick. Yes, we want to think about the John Waynes of the world and the Clint Eastwoods when you hear the word maverick, right? Sure. And, and that's true. That's true. There's a lot of truth to that. But, and, uh, 
you know, the Donald Trumps of the world or whoever. But here's the other side of that is like when I started my business, I had a, uh, there was a colleague of mine that asked me, he says, how's, you know, how, how's business? How you sleeping? How you sleeping every day? And I said, like, I'm sleeping like a baby. I fall asleep for two hours and wake up crying, you know? <laughs> That's probably true, but you know, and, and, and I've had my nights. But you know, again, you, you, you can see me as we're recording this, and, and I'm sitting here smiling. Look, I've got things I got to go deal with today. Okay, but you know what? Those are problems I created that are on my path to success. Okay, I'll go deal with them today. That's fine. That means we're moving the dial, right? But th- this whole thing of if, if you can't do it, it's because you don't want to. Right. I love the uh, quote, complaining about a problem without offering a solution is whining. That was Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I run business, I mean, you, Brandon, you've been in, in some meetings with me. I don't mind, um, as you know, you, I don't mind complaints. I don't mind people bringing up problems. But I do want them to come to me with, okay, well, how would you fix it? Right. You know, and, 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 and you know, that's kind of be that's kind of got to be your mentality. When somebody throws a challenge at you, your mentality has to be, instead of going, oh, crap, you know, what am I going to do now? Your mentality has got to immediately shift to, okay, well, there's a way to overcome this. What is it? Exactly. I mean, you got to go there first, and you got to, and that, that, that is a mentality shift because we're all, you know, kind of reactionary, right? And, and you do have to, to shift your thinking to, okay, well, I got to deal with that today. That means this other thing I was going to do with today, I'm going to have to go off till tomorrow. But that's okay because we're going to get to it. And I think a lot of this too is it is uh, part of our culture, and and this is where I always talk about, you know, sh- uh, shaping, uh, influencing culture. Um, and I think um, one of the things when it comes to, for instance, the education system, I believe they don't teach enough. They don't teach enough life skills to children. I mean, I. I in my oh, school Brandon, growing up, Brandon, you know, you reach into the car, brother. And, it, you know, they need to. But I think there's things that need to be reformed. Like one aspect I thought uh, uh, we were talking about a while back. I don't know if you remember, but I think they should teach kids the art of negotiation. I think they ought to teach kids the art of losing. And that, too. Uh, you know, because, I mean, one of the uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, to understand how to negotiate properly in a win-win situation is very important. You got to, you know, what, what people miss in that is perspective. You got to look at everybody's perspective. So you got to learn to understand perspective, right? Right. I think one of the most frustrating moments in my life when my children were growing up was we signed up my, my youngest, Mackenzie, for soccer. Okay. And she was like four, you know. So it's a little peewee version soccer class we got out there. And I was all excited to see her go play. And I'm not the dad that runs up and down the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> sidelines going, get him, go kill him. You know, I'm not that guy either. Okay. Yeah. But I wanted her to go out there and compete and, and play and, and learn. And, and so we could talk about it. And she could learn, you know, the right way to, to play, you know. Then I found out the most unusual thing that just drove me nuts. They weren't keeping score. Oh, man. So in my, in my view – Sports are not only a team building thing to teach people how to work together in life. You know, that's one of the nice carryovers from sports, right? Right. How to be a team, right? But you have to learn how to lose because sometimes losing means, okay, well, we didn't work hard enough. We got to go back and we got to think about that. Okay. And, And losing hurts. Okay. But losing is important to learning how to win. 
It is. Does that it, make sense to you? It is. It's and, a stepping and, and, stone. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to insult a few of your, your, your listeners here, but but I just don't believe that not keeping score is a good idea. We can't be we're, – we're, our children have to learn to deal with loss and negativity so that they can be positive and be really productive what? and understand perspective. And for the record, I don't think you'll insult too many of my listeners unless <laughs> unless they just tuned in for the first time and they don't know what the show's about. But most of mine, they get it. They understand. Sure. Uh, the the posse understands. But they, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think it's uh, it is a missing thing. But these are all cultural issues. But uh, we're getting close here to our our time limit here, Matt. And sure. we'll wrap up. But before I do, what's one or two things? that you would suggest to somebody if they're thinking about considering taking that leap of faith to be a maverick, what's one or two things up front in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. if they're sitting here, a young, a young man or a young woman that may be listening to this or someone that's older and they've just never stepped out on their own. What, what is the one or two top things you would tell them right up, right out of the gate? I've got a few. Number one is, is, is never give up. I mean, I started this last company at 50 and I'm 52 years old and we're probably going to bill out $750,000 this year. We'll probably do a million and a half next year. Okay. Fantastic. And, and look, I'm working, I'm not killing myself, but I am working every day. Okay. And, um, so I said, it's never too late. So keep that in mind. Just because you've, you've tried and failed before, doesn't mean you shouldn't get back up and do it again. Second thing I'm going to tell you is shame on you if you don't go do the research. I mean, Google's a powerful tool. You know, you've got, today we have more information available to us than we have at any time in history, probably. So if there's something that you think you want to manufacture or you want to market or you want to do, dig down past the paid ads on Google or wherever and get down into the nitty gritty of what's going on with that business or that product and get as knowledgeable as you can. But at the end of the day, you have to choose to execute. Don't, you know, you can overload and spend too much time researching and never execute because I don't care how hard you ex you, you research there's going to be unpredictable things. So you just got to start. The last thing I will tell you is, once you get started, surround yourself with positive people and the people that can aid you by giving you good advice. You know, the wealthiest people in the world are, are not necessarily the people you expect. They're usually the middle class. They're the people that live in the upper middle class neighborhood that drive a white van or have some really unusual business, right? But you know what the most common trait in all of them is? They hire the best experts to help them out, or they consult the best experts they can find. They get perspective, they get good advice, and then they they consider it and act on it in their own way. And that's key. And that's a yeah. that's a good wrap right there. And uh, I think people just just understand if y'all if if you're hearing this show for the first time, guys, girls, guys, ladies, gentlemen, uh, just make sure that I love the first one. Just don't give up, and don't give yeah. up covers all of it. It, it. it if you have to research, and you miss a mark, we'll keep keep digging for the answer. Um, if you're looking for financing or whatever, and and you're tripping up, keep searching for an answer. There's always a path, um, and we want to we want to be able to 
encourage people to do that, and we want to network. And for that record also, guys, you know, and I'll, I'll include all the social media here in the wrap-up. I'll get Matt to, to tell him, tell you guys how he could connect with you. And, of course, uh, I'll include my information as well. But you guys know that on my Facebook community group, you guys can, can also uh, private, private message one another and network. Use that agency. Use that. And I want you to do that. I want you guys to be able to do that and lean on each other. And if you have a common interest, uh, maybe there's some of you that can link up in a common interest and make and make this thing a reality if you're thinking about it. So this is some great insight. And Matt, I just I want to appreciate you. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, man, and sharing a lot of this with the with the audience. My pleasure, man. You know, first of all, I love supporting anything you're doing. Secondly, I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about what I'm doing. And I hope it helps. I mean, you know, and, um, you know, if somebody wants to get in touch with me, I'd be happy to talk to them. You know, I'm not looking to make a fortune off of anybody here. I'm happy to consult, uh, you know, or have a conversation with somebody who's thinking about it for free, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, if I can give some insight and help move things forward in America, I'm happy to do it. Well, that that sounds great. And on that note, Matt, why don't you tell the audience where they can find you? I'll, I'll include the social media marks and the the sure. links to the website and all that on the on the on the Substack sure. when it's published. But go ahead and just tell them uh, where they can find you. Probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is just Matt M A T T at tamedsavage.com. T A M E D S A V A G E dot com. Um, just quickly, you could check out my website, Tame Savage Digital, and our, our products. If you want to check out our products, just to kind of get an idea of what business I'm actually in, is tamedorganics.com. Fantastic. And Matt, if you'll just hold on, I'm going to close this out. Just hang on the line here, and I'm going to close it out. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember the official substack of Brandon Ritchie podcast. This is a map for helping you to be a zenith during chaotic times. You never know when that is, but we're definitely living in chaotic times now. So I hope today's episode will help you with that. And remember, personal agency, your action, that's what guides you through the journey. Whatever path you decide to go on, you have to engage. You have to be active. Uh, Talk without action, it's not going to produce anything. Just like the old saying that hope alone is not a strategy. You have to have an action plan. You have to back it up with movement. You have to move towards that goal. So with that being said, guys, make sure that you uh, connect with me. You can subscribe at brandonritchie.substack.com. You can also connect with my Facebook and Getter. That's also going to be on the Substack. If you do listen on Spotify, there's a new system, a relatively new rating system. If you like this episode or others, please rate the podcast. Give it a five-star rating. That way it helps us to get more listeners. It gets more uh, growth. It helps me get through uh, into the uh, algorithms through these other platforms so that I can get noticed, the show can get noticed, and we can spread this message. Remember that this does not happen without you. Again, this is about agency. It's about action. So go out there and be a force multiplier. Spread the message. Spread this link. Share the links. And connect with Matt. And with that being said, you guys have a wonderful day. Stay strong. Stay focused. Stay active. Take care.
you know who made it. <laughs>